Carlos Sainz finally gets his first F1 victory. Racism pops its ugly head up again. Silverstone delivers one of the most exciting races ever. And despite the win, Ferrari, Ferraris again. Let's jump the start. What's up, everybody? Welcome in Jump to Start Racing Podcast. My name is Wellington. I'm here with two of my closest friends. Ruben, say hello. What's going on, guys? Yancy. Hi. Yancy's in good good mood. He was a little pumped. I told you it was going to be a good weekend. Just because it was July 4th. Saw a lot of fireworks this weekend on that, and off the track. Yeah, that and other things. Hey. A lot of smoke? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, in today's episode, we'll talk about racism. Get it? Uh, we'll also talk about the uh, British Grand Prix and a preview for the uh, oh, wow. Grand Prix. I was not uh, expecting that. Yep. And it's on the outline, but I wasn't expecting that. The way you said it was perfect. Go ahead. And on that note, guys, uh, make sure to follow us at Jump to Start F1 on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure to leave us a uh, review. Uh, on your favorite podcast platform drop in say hello uh, across uh, social media again uh, at jump to start of one on instagram and twitter on that note actually ruben how was your weekend my man no we had a it was a pretty good weekend can't okay. complain it wasn't too short it that's was why, short. that's why i asked it was too short it could not have been too short <laughs> <laughs> we had an extra day and that's why it wasn't too short <laughs> 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 yes, yeah, how about yourself? My weekend was spectacular. Wow. Wow. Yes. Oh, yes. wow. Spent, oh, wow. Uh, most of my time in Jersey, but it was good. good. I got to see a lot of a lot of my friends and family this weekend, so it was cool. Wow, wow, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, and friends that became family. There you go. Okay. Uh, all right, so, <laughs> man, last week we kind of touched on the whole... Because uh, in our F1 feelings, we were talking about Bernie Ecclestone's comments on Lewis Hamilton, and we kind of intimated that they were rooted in racism. And then lo and behold, literally the next morning, just a couple hours later, yeah, uh, an older Nelson PK interview, uh, obviously audio and video, surfaced in which um, not only did Nelson make uh, racial comments towards Lewis Hamilton, but then he insinuated an array of other things and then uh, attacked other drivers. It was just, it was um, rooted in homophobia and racism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's kind of, he was trying to hit bingo across all the things that we just kind of, we race as one was like trying to bring yeah. together, well, well, kind of just trying to blow it up, right? Well, what Racist One was trying to bring together against these things, and all of a sudden, the same year that they decide to stop the ceremony uh, to bring attention to the hatred and bigotry towards these groups, we get uh, something like this. And um, it's a reminder of why we need to be reminded that these things exist, and that these um, attitudes exist, and that um, they need to be rooted out of not only the sport, but in society as a whole. That's, 
Very good, Jens. Yeah. Well, it's it's you gotta it, give him a gold star. Like, yeah. It, it, no, no, because he because it echoes. He could, like, I could mess it up better than that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a it's an echo of exactly what uh, Lewis Hamilton's thoughts or not thoughts or his response to these stupid ass comments that uh, Nelson PK made. Right. So Lewis Hamilton's response was essentially saying that they need to stop giving old F one voices a platform on a. a on and across the F1, I'll call it the F1 show, right? Um, so you hear a lot of stuff from, you. we've seen the stuff from Nelson Piquet. We've seen it before from Bernie Eccleston. We've seen it from Jackie Stewart. We've seen it from, I'm sure there's uh, one or two others who I'm forgetting. But it's, uh, it, it's kind of, it's weird that they staged, um, and purposely using that word stage that whole we race as one kneeling not kneeling all the drivers get together for the photo op essentially and then just kind of all right well we're also going to hear from these guys that think in this way no go ahead it's fine any thoughts Ruben no no it's just I think Hamilton said it best for the moment but obviously let's Obviously, he's been banned now from the paddock and stuff like that. And Nelson Peek has been Yes, banned. Nelson Peek. Mm-hmm. We just need now to just keep moving forward. And there's people that are that are like, you know, minded, like Peek it. Keep pushing to the side. Like, you don't belong in the sport. The same thing. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's not forget where he's from, too. Like, you're from, you know, Brazil, South America. Which is a, a, a mixture. A super mixture. Literally, literally like, we call it... Uh, it's we a call, cocktail. <laughs> we call, uh, you know, the United States of the melting pot of all cultures. Brazil is the same way. So you get it. You're nobody's a purebred, to put it, put it that way. Um, but I think also this just points to the fact that at the stage that we're at now, especially with, um, you know, the attitudes in society or popular culture as a whole, vehemently against this type of language and this hatred and this bigotry. The stage that we're at now, it's not just uh, creating photo apps at the beginning of every race. Stage that we're at is what something what Lewis Hamilton, which is the the only black driver in F1 history, um, has created a commission to not only study these attitudes and why these attitudes come about, but also to give opportunities to people of color to enter this world of Formula One so people... Um, have an opportunity to change their attitudes and and see that the the reason why this exists is not it one it is yeah attitudes and hatred and bigotry but also it's an economic issue where you can't have other viewpoints in the paddock because you can't bring these people in. Yeah. Um, it's time for action, not photo ops. It's the same thing where we say thoughts and prayers. No, I mean that's okay, fine. You want to pray, you want you know people keep people in your thoughts, but at some point the solution there has to be a solution to the problem, and you have to find what is creating that problem and bring a solution where you can eliminate that problem so this doesn't happen again. And I honestly think that F one as a whole is not doing enough. The only person that is doing enough is Lewis Hamilton mm-hmm. and maybe Sebastian Vettel. I wouldn't say maybe because he is, but Sebastian Vettel is on another... Well, no, he is. I mean, because 
He's bringing attention to all of these issues, whether it's, you know, um, rights for the LGBTQ community or the environment. Uh, Lewis Hamilton in particular with race. The drivers are doing something, but it's not enough. You need an organizational push to get this done. Yeah. I forgot something I meant to tell you guys pre-show. But um, <laughs> did you guys notice that even with these comments, this was the brownest podium ever in Formula One? Carlos Sainz, Sergio Perez, and Lewis Hamilton. I thought that that was, like at the end of the race, maybe it's just me mm-hmm. thinking that. But I was like, wow, this is actually kind of kind of an interesting uh, turn of events. Uh, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds. You didn't see it that way, but yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of disagree. Okay. Um, because whether they are, I mean, you have Carlos Sainz who's from Spain, mm-hmm. colonizers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, have, we went even further. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you have Sergio Perez who is from mexico but even within that dynamic and we know because our parents are from latin america and we have roots there and we kind of know the attitudes even in those countries even though in this country they look at us as you know uh immigrants Mm -hmm. we're not quote unquote quote pure americans um in in latin america they have that attitude where your bait your your (laughs) You're 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 broke up in these different categories of, you know, have and have nots, uh, based on color, based on economics. It's a lot to go in because we're going into the weeds, but that's why I would disagree with you on that on that point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't consider like a Sergio Perez somebody who's of like working class or something like that. Okay. Yeah. I mean. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he was well, yeah, well, no, not yeah, another what Carlos signs either, but uh, but I wasn't I wasn't talking about working class versus yeah, no, yeah. I was just talking about skin color. Yeah, I got you. Gotcha. So pretty much like a smack to hey, this is what's happening here though. Whatever you pick a three time world champion from whatever, whatever he right. won, but I don't think it'll ever happen again because there's no other, no other colored drivers in the pipeline, right? Coming up, no new ones. No. no. No, that that's the issue. Like yeah, we're not even bringing people up that way, and maybe it'll change in the future. Maybe we have maybe in the lower categories it might be changing, but right now it's not because at the end of the day, what determines if you make it to F one or not mostly is money. Mm-hmm. It's a very expensive sport. So um, obviously, we had a lot of different drivers taking part in those pictures and a lot of different opinions. Uh, as a side note to that, Max Verstappen defended his potential future father-in-law, saying that PK is definitely not a racist, but Hamilton comment not correct. Um, okay, Hamilton's comment not correct. Yeah, that's that's what he said. So, um, look, if it talks quacks like a duck, right? Walks like a duck. It kind of is a duck, right? And it's not the first time we've heard anything or something along these lines from Nelson Piquet. So I think he's just kind of protecting the uh, the family. the potential Verstappen family, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Since he's dating his daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I, I would I wasn't gonna expect anything else from Max. Uh, I think what we were talking earlier. Sometimes it would have been better just to keep your mouth shut. But listen, it is what it is. Um, th this is the usual response as things come out, especially when you know the person. You know, of course, look, I think his. You know, paraphrasing, he said, of course, his comments are not right, shouldn't be said. Uh, but he's a good person. Blah blah. I'm like, all right, fine. You could be a good person, but you could also be a racist. <laughs> not even race, not even just racist, but like Ruben pointed out before we started recording, that he, start, he started making, uh, and it's not a laughing matter, but like he just, like I said, he was just playing kind of bingo with like every every negative thing that he could say, he just kind of said it. So PK was saying all kinds of just yeah, like, homophobic stuff about Lewis he came Hamilton up, saying, and the highlight of everything was when they were saying the just about you know the racial slurs that he was using but the rest of the stuff he was saying was not nice either dude like yeah, yeah he trashed just... kiki rosberg nico he just trashed <laughs> like, every <everybody>. like <laughs> i think he should just record himself throwing up or something yeah. better and just stay quiet uh i, I guess i guess when you have that kind of privilege um you can say whatever you want so not the same story but along those lines i'm, I'm gonna butcher how they say the name yuri whips red bull junior driver was terminated from his red bull junior contract based on after an investigation into alleged use of racist slur on live gaming stream so he was he was terminated from his red bull contract but he is still racing in formula two who's spot sponsoring i forgot the name of the company okay high sense i think something like that ah uh, what did he say no, that's it's the not thing. even. No, that's high not tech, high tech, high tech. Yeah, uh, this is tough, man. Because, as you know, especially when you're that young, this is what we were speaking about earlier. How old is he? Like twenty two, twenty three, something like no, that. No, you're in a program. He's probably in the teens. Twenty one. It's twenty one. Yeah, no, because he's an F two. Um, highly touted uh, driver. Very talented. He does compete for race wins. However, um, when things like this happen, I'm very weary of why terminate him from your program when somebody's so young, you're literally killing his career. And um, put it the right way. Yes, he should be punished for it, but he shouldn't be. He shouldn't have to pay for it the rest of his life. Right, it's like the death penalty for every crime. Yeah, like it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like somebody like Nelson Piquet, we were talking about earlier. He's an old man. He should know better, especially because he's seen. He's seen the changes through time. Right, and it's something that, like, honestly, at seventy years old, and we all know and deal with people at that age it's kind of hard to change the mindset and that's a different story and he's already about. made his money and he's a, exactly he's a, he already made his money and has his influence and it's the reason why he can three probably time say champion uh, yeah but that's probably why he can say things like that and not and, and not be held accountable for but somebody as young as yuri vips who is you know he's young he's talented and um, he can make his mistakes and he can pay for those mistakes, but it doesn't mean that you have to kill his entire career. And I'm glad that I didn't, I thought he was just, he was, uh, he was, um, he was kicked out of the race team or, but mm -hmm. I, if he's still racing, I think that's, that's okay. But the problem is now is, is 
trying to find sponsorship for him if he ever wants to move up to the next level. Obviously, yeah. if you're part of Red Bull, Red Bull can potentially take you up to F1. And as we've seen as many other drivers, uh, it might kill his career. But we'll see. Hopefully it doesn't. Uh, hopefully he makes amends. What I don't like about the situation is that you see the headlines and you don't know exactly what he said. You would want to know in the public to see exactly what he said and if it's something that is that egregious that it warrants all of this that's happening. So I obviously I'm not for you know, racial slurs or anything like that, but I'm in agreement with the NC. I think that um, something like this is not as egregious as the slew of acts that we've seen from Santino Ferrucci, who is currently still racing in IndyCar. In IndyCar, yeah. He was on, you know, on track to be an F1 driver, but his his time with Haas was derailed by his own actions and continued actions, but he's still racing. We've seen, I forget the name of the driver, but in F2, we've seen uh, drivers throw pieces of car back onto the track to try and get back at the person that hit them. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, a it's very negative to use a racial slur, but it is not at the level. It's not at that same level, and it, those people are still racing. Yeah, I think that um, that when it comes to a situation like this, this is this they handle the situation with a blunt object instead of a precision object, meaning that you have one solution and that's just to like ban every everybody or anything Kendra. from it instead of looking at the exact situation, seeing what happened, and see what the best solution forward. Because honestly, some, sometimes in these situations, the best solution forward is not to kill somebody's career or kick them out of a program. It'd be more like, all right, let me educate you on this, 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 and that. And then you, 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 moving forward, you know what you have, what you have to do and why you have to change your attitudes. Um, but uh, we've seen this time again, when situations like, the, uh, like these rise up or come out, um, it's the, the the solution is cancel 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 yeah. and that doesn't help anybody because what you're doing is that you're just creating more animosity instead of actually educating people mm -hmm. on why these things um why it's it was wrong right you know a kid is not let's say if you're disciplining a kid if you if you just constantly instead of explaining to him what he did wrong sometimes he doesn't know he did something wrong but you keep just punishing him for something and be like what you do wrong you just did something wrong does that help? No, he's going to keep doing it because he don't know what he did wrong. He's going to become a supervillain. Yeah. Megamind. Megamind. All right. Are we ready? Race weekend review. Gentlemen, a short view back to the past. I'm not saying it. Say it, Jens. I forgot. <laughs> 30 years ago. I blanked out. Anyway, guys, Ruben, you've been quiet today. Your thoughts on the race weekend as a whole? Is what probably one of the best races we've seen. We, this is the best race we've seen this year, for, for sure. But it's comparable to some of the most exciting races we've seen. And it's very, it was a very, very good race. Can't see. <sighs> no, it was an excellent race. Uh, the, definitely the best race we've seen this year. I am not going to do what everybody else does and say this is one of the best races of all time or the best races we've seen because it's hard to conjure up memories. Even last year, we had a few good races. The year before, we definitely had a bunch of good races. 
to say that this one was better than the rest, it'll be hard. But this was a very good race. We had it was it was good and it was I wouldn't put it as a best extre- race. Of all time, yeah. It was but. extremely exciting. Okay, so I'm gonna we're gonna talk about how exciting it was later on when we get to the actual race portion. Uh so it was another rainy qualifying session. Another one in a row, and I think Silverstone last year was also rainy. I think Yancey pointed that out Mm -hmm. uh, ahead of the race or ahead of the qualifying. Um, To me, it kind of separates the men men versus the boys, but it was a weird situation because the track just, at times it would improve like crazy, and then it would just degrade because of the level of rain. So at the end, we ended up having Carlos Sainz just barely edging out Max Verstappen for pole position. Max, you know, completing the front row. Uh, Charlotte Claire disappointing me and every other fan that is rooting for me <laughs> and only me in this prediction <laughs> to get 16 uh, pole positions. But he was in third place. <laughs> Sergio Perez in fourth and uh, Lewis Hamilton in fifth in the much improved Mercedes with a ton of upgrades coming into the season or into the session. They're coming. <clears throat> what did you guys? Uh, hard to really gauge, right? This qualifying session because of the rain. Yeah, the rain just changed everything when it came to qualifying. As far as like the expectancy or the level of what we were expecting, and the rain came, and you're like, okay, so what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I was waiting. I was even waiting for a crash. I almost did get one with with, uh, with Charlie. Yeah. Um, these are fun. I, I like rainy sessions because uh, you don't know exactly what's going to happen, and then. The intrigue when you watch a rainy qualifying session is the crossover between wets and intermediates or intermediates to... Who gets it right, who gets it. slicks. And who gets it right at the right time before the session runs out, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what happened here. Um, Obviously, you expect the normal players to be up there. Um, You know, Max, Hamilton are very good in the rain. Charlie's good in the rain. Um, Signs sometimes is hit or miss in the rain. So... It was an ex- it was a really fun qualifying session to be honest with you, and we got a pretty. Uh, it wasn't a mixed up order, but it was something that we weren't expecting. Yeah, like for example, we didn't get like what happens sometimes in rainy section that we get some either one or two cars that, like really out of the the norm or right. the normal position. We didn't we did not get that this week. No, but it was still exciting. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if you wanted. Qualifies Latifi being in the top 10. That's that, I thought that was uh, something I was going to mention. That was something that I was expecting. I think Latifi is very good in the ring. Really? Yeah. You're no. so. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what? Happy for Williams to, to have had that uh, result. That was weird. And they probably just hit it at the right time. But as far as, as, far as I see it with rain and a qualifying session, to me, it's. Max, and then there's everybody else. He just had bad luck this session with Charlotte Claire spinning and then kind of affecting his lap. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. Also, he also spun in the, which was actually a really crazy save. He spun on the track and then adjusted right onto the yeah. racing line. I was like, what? Yeah. That was, it was like one of those where he spun out and then he got it together and he kept going. And I'm like, how did he do this? In the rain? Imagine but, that on the FDR. That would be geez. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, that would not happen to us on the FDR. Okay, so the yeah, race... We're not that talented. The race itself... It might be well into this. Yeah, I am. <laughs> so the race itself <laughs> is um, started with probably the craziest 
there's too many uh, too many exclamations too many like but i it was one of the craziest accidents i've seen ever in formula one um we saw Zhou Guan Yu collide with, or George Russell collide with Zhou Guan Yu, sending him upside down, skidding off track through all the gravel, flipping up over the tire barrier and onto the fence. The catch fencing. The catch fencing separating the uh, stands from the track. Uh, it's, a, it's a miracle, and... Congratulations to F1 for continuing to uh, improve on safety uh, in their cars. Yeah. Um, that was a crazy accident. The craziest accident that I've seen before that one was Roman Grosjean. Yeah. And Roman Grosjean's crash wasn't as spectacular. It was spectacular because of obviously the huge fireball coming out of that. Um, and... It, I think that the uh, the consequences were more dire with Roman Grosjean because he was literally engulfed in fire mm-hmm. and he couldn't get out. However, as far as like, just when you see, obviously we did we couldn't see anything what happened because they weren't showing it. They just wanted to make sure that the driver's safe before they start showing the yes. footage of it. But the fact it happened to Grosjean, Grosjean's accident as well. They didn't show it. I mean, so you Correct. saw it in the background when it actually happened. Yeah. But they did not go back into the accident until they knew everything mm-hmm. was okay. Well, they they tend to do that when when you have something like this. Mm-hmm. So the way this played out was literally, it was Pierre Gasly trying to split. He saw a gap between George Russell and Joan Yu. He tagged George Russell. George Russell obviously spinned out and then hit Joe Wan Yu, and that's when he started flipping over. It was like that. So it was, you no, know, Albon split Russell and Guan Yu, and he followed the, the, the same path. Okay. okay. And then oh, he got sandwiched yes. in. He got, Gasly got sandwiched in. Yes, yes because Gassi Russell, got Russell tried to close the, the yeah, gap. The tried gap, to yeah. close the gap, and, and, then, just, and that's what happened. So he, uh, Joe Wan Yu, Immediately flips over, drags across the road and into the gravel to the point where it literally like shaved off the row hoop. The row hoop is that structure on the top. So when the cars roll over, it hits it and then keeps rolling. But the row hoop was actually gone. So part of the intake and stuff like that. Right? Yeah, that, that that's where the row hoop is. It's so the like row hoop that, is kind of, kind of that, like the loop that you see some convertibles have. Mm-hmm. Like well, some, some com- it, car, convertible a, cars have that, like a, above the headrest. It's, a, it's it's basically the part that goes above the helmet, no. not the halo, above even the, mm-hmm. the the halo. So that's shaved off, so it was completely gone. And then it flips over the tire barrier completely, and then goes into the catch fasting, much like what happened with Sophia Flourish. Exactly in, that in yeah. Macau of twenty one. That to me was the similar, like, yeah. Crazy and I action. think. Honestly, what I mean, what made what made it a little bit better was that when he went into the catch fencing, the car, the bottom of the car went into the catch fencing. the The top of the car didn't. Even not his, top he- of not the, his head, pretty much. Yeah, not his. If the head would have went in, he maybe he gets caught in the catch fencing, which I saw happen with Robert Wickens in Pocono, um, an IndyCar. Uh, that would have been a probably an even more dangerous situation. 
Uh, but again, testament to F1 and the safety and what they do. Um, the Halo played a part in two races this weekend uh, in saving lives. In the F1, there was a real nasty accident where the car jumped and literally T-boned the Halo where? <laughs> of another car in F2. In F2, okay. okay. T-boned the Halo where the front of the car was literally hitting the Halo, the wheel. So save somebody's life there, and then it happened again with it was Joe Wan, it was, with uh, what was it Joe, Joe Wan Yu. Yu, because again the roll hoop was completely shaved off, literally because of the dragging of the car. That car dragged for a while, man. Yeah, I'm happy that they just threw a red flag right away because we've seen them do it before. Oh, let's do a virtual safety car. Oh, maybe we'll do a safety car, but they they actually got it right this time. And on time, like they just did it. It was right away. We were all wondering why, but then we saw the footage. And we were like, "Whoa, <laughs> okay." Was, it was crazy when when he jumped over that tire barrier. I was like, "Whoa, what the hell is going yeah, on?" Yeah, because at the beginning of the race, all you saw was just pretty much you saw like something happen in the back, and obviously the announcer said, "Oh, that's George Russell." It's like, "Oh mm-hmm. crap, Russell's out." Mm-hmm. But with from the just seeing like in the background what's happening, you don't see the magnitude of what's going on. Obviously, you saw the smoke and you saw the cars, you know. It's happening so fast. Uh, it's a testament to how these cars, how fast these cars, it's happening so fast, you don't really see it. Just like uh, all you see is like the dust kicking up behind. Yeah. Yeah. The cars just going through. And like, okay. Yeah. Um. So, huge top tier number one driver credit to George Russell jumping out of the car, going to try and help his, I guess, Comrade, whatever, mm-hmm. co-worker. Fellow driver. Yeah. Um, ended up screwing himself up. Uh, but that, that obviously, it takes balls of steel to do. And it's probably stupid to do it in that type of situation. But, mm-hmm. you know, huge props for the, I guess, the president of the Drivers Association, whatever. Yeah, whatever. the GPDA. Yeah. I mean... I'll tell you what, yeah, it, it is, we can say it's stupid in hindsight, but I remember there was, there was, uh, um, Nicky Lauda. Mm-hmm. Nicky Lauda was saved because one of the drivers got out and tried to help him. Yep. If not, if he would have stayed in that car, he probably would have been dead. In, in the, in the, was, this was a 79, I believe it was. Um, and there have been other instances where drivers just get out and try to help and just get people out because if you stay in that car, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. I, I read something yesterday. I, I just, it's just messed up that I did not write the driver's name, but he said to to some, you know to to back up what Royal, what Russell did, that going back when they were in karting, this guy flipped over and George Russell was the first one to go help him put the car back up because he flipped over. Joe and you as well? No, 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 oh. another another gentleman. Oh. I, I just didn't write another the name. Another driver down. flipped. Yeah, another over. driver. Yeah, when they were in go karting, another driver flipped over and George Russell was the first one to go to help him. Because it was it was like a rainy day as well, so he helped you know, like pretty much try to save him, you know, you know, giving like first aid or whatever needed mm-hmm. to be done to happen, you know, without even thinking about it. Okay. I so understand. props to to Russell for it. I understand. It's just granted, all the cars were already passed, but like it wouldn't be crazy to see somebody else go off the road, hit George, and then that's the end of George. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it's you're right. It is stupid, but that could have happened this weekend too. Yeah, but again, I don't know, man. Everything is in hindsight. It is stupid, but but you never know, man. I mean, it's the same thing, you know, with with Roman Grosjean. If that doctor wasn't there to have his hand in there, he has literally his hand in the fire. Yeah. Does he get yeah. out? I mean, 
it's one of those things where you just it's uh, the way you respond actually helps and you know for anybody to be there yet yeah, it's, it's it's stupid and you can even even if, even if you're prepared for it it's stupid but i think those are the things that you have to do in order to save lives mm-hmm. no i think um, i was watching a video earlier by ken elman and he mm-hmm. says that that zone is normally photographers that stand there and this marshals always standing around as well because you see in the video people running away from where the crisis is happening so that was also something that could have happened like these people probably would have gotten hit by the car if we, you know not reacting quick yeah. enough no and some people got sprayed with all the, the gravel the and he's going up he there. says that he wouldn't be surprised if next year that's declared also like a red zone for photographers not to stand on and stuff like that anymore uh, it's possible i mean yeah and and the thing is that we've seen i think we're seeing more and more accidents on straights which is normally not the case you see mostly the accidents on through corners but the, with the how fast these cars are going and even if you have a lot of runoff area um a lot of things can happen i mean uh, we saw a pic we saw a footage of one a fan like in literally in that area he was sitting on the stairs not in the grandstands on the stairs and he had the foresight to be like oh, i gotta get out of here and he got <laughs> up and running, running, running up yeah, yeah but if he would have stayed there all of that gravel and all that debris probably would have hit him in the face because that can't fa- that catch fencing is not going to catch everything obviously yeah. all right so that was um the incident eliminating Joe Guanyu, Alex Alban, and George Russell. Um, they tried to appeal to get George Russell back. Uh, it didn't go. Um, so there was a race restart after the red flag in which everybody, I don't agree with this. I don't, it's whatever, but everybody went back to their original positions from qualifying mm-hmm. and they did a restart of the race. I, I just, whatever. Like to me, it was such a clear science fell back. Max passed them. There was other. I think Lewis Hamilton made up a lot of a position. So, to me, it's like, why would you take that whole lap away? I guess it's because they didn't complete the lap. They well, they there's a certain line, and I don't remember what that line is. It says like, in order for you the the position to be qualified, especially at the beginning of race, so much stuff happens, especially if uh, the first two corners. Um, the, all the cars, all the cars have to pass a certain line. And then they can, that could be classified as what they're classified at the race if there's a red flag. That obviously did not happen. Uh, so if there's a race restart, they go back to the original starting grid. That's the rules. That's in the rule book. That's just the way it goes. So it wasn't made up. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a Michael Massey situation. So, Damn. Um, Let's go moto racing here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the, at least they're following the rules. So that's what happened. So we talked about this earlier. Yes or no, Ruben, most exciting race start to finish. I'm going to give you guys some. So we start with Max overtaking Carlos Sainz. The restart, it's Sainz, Leclerc, Max, Hamilton, and Alonso all battling for position at the restart. Mm-hmm. Hamilton with a potential win with not the best car, probably we'll call it the, the fifth best car on track. Um, the three-way battles that we saw between Max, Sainz, and Leclerc fighting for first. Mm-hmm. And then we also saw still battles between uh, Hamilton and Perez, Hamilton and Alonso. To me, I think that this was the best wheel-to-wheel racing we have seen in years. I agree with that. This is the first race that in the middle of the race, I don't feel like draggy or... You know, it's, it's it's forcing me to stay focused onto the race because I'm gonna miss some action. 
You chose your words carefully then. <laughs> what did I choose? Best. We I, I, I can't disagree with that, but yeah, because it's true. As far as like best wheel to wheel racing, a race or like race that we've seen, yeah, this would be one, okay. if not the best. But then what makes a great race? No, it could be other circumstances. You don't necessarily have to have all the battles that you had. You can have a battle at the front, like we've seen with Max and Lewis last season, like in Saudi Arabia. Um, or something like that, you know. It, that could be classified as a good race. That was um, also wheel to wheel. Huh? That was also wheel to wheel. <laughs> no, but no, no. But the thing is, that I think <laughs> what he's saying is that it's wheel to like we've seen so. What make this this race really good was that not only did you have a battle at the front, but you also had a battle for first, for third, fourth, and fifth at the end. And not only that, but we had Mick Schumacher almost passing Max Verstappen for more points. So it's yeah. like all the way down uh, all the drivers that were actually left. Mm -hmm. They were uh, up this they were not sleeping. derby. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the the point the, basically the battle for the points. Yeah. That's anywhere from 1st to 10th. This weekend was not a, a uh, how do you say a DRS train. Yeah. You didn't see that. Right. But I mean yeah. like the, all the suspense that you get Happen. nowadays in Formula 1 is will so and so catch so and so in fresher tires or whatever and it's like okay while that can be exciting it's not as exciting and a true test of how good these drivers are like we saw this weekend so the example that i'm gonna give is last year we saw right away lap one hamilton and max crash max is out of the race etc in that type same type of situation that same type of fight we saw hamilton and leclerc and hamilton give leclerc credit for being a clean racer obviously taking a dig at max but like mm -hmm. okay we can race in that type of situation but also all of us keep our races alive, alive and, yeah. and well mm -hmm. and and live to fight another lap basically yeah no I, I, again I, I can't disagree with you there because it was up and down the grid there were battles for all positions everybody was racing closely um, and I think this is one of those races where usually if we're saying, oh, it was a great race, it's either affected by rain or something crazy happens. Um, one that comes to mind was when, uh, when uh, Pierre Gasly got his first win in Monza. That was uh, the reason why that race was so good was that there was a lot of rain. There was a lot of people crashing out. Um, so it mixed up the field. This race in particular, yeah, we had safety cars, but for the most part, it was dry. There wasn't much mixing up of the field. And if there was mixing up of the field is because they're legitimately overtaking each other. Um, or people had mechanical problems uh, and things of that nature, which is something that would happen on a normal race weekend where it's not affected by weather. So it was a great race. I'm I'm, I'm not going to... Uh, and as far as like wheel-to-wheel -wheel battles, it was... When you classify it like that, the most wheel-to-wheel batters that we get, yeah, it was it was an excellent race. The best race in years. So I think that it was also saved. Would it have been as exciting if Max Verstappen didn't have that Alphatari piece on his floor dragging him down, literally dragging him down? It was attached to him, the piece that he was showing the it picture? Was stuck, it was stuck to his floor. What, what he said was that um, he saw the piece of debris um, and he veered more so he can go under the car mm -hmm. so it doesn't get a punch tires or get a punch yeah yeah or hit like so it 
what but what happened was that the piece of debris did go under the car, but it stayed stuck down there, and it broke something in, and he just raced with it the whole race, and that's what happened. So and obviously Jeez. you lose like twenty percent downforce. Yeah. Most of the downforce that's generated, they said he lost like twenty points of downforce. But when you're considering that most of the downforce on the car is on the floor, it's just not gonna. Obviously, we could, we saw his pace. He uh, he struggled for grip the yeah, whole way. The whole way. And and honestly, if Max didn't have that, he probably would have ran away with the victory. Yeah, and, and it would have been a totally different race. Mm-hmm. I think point. there still would have been good action. It's just when you throw the. When you throw the possibility for a race win into the mix for anybody, mm-hmm. it just makes it a better race. Yeah. Okay. So thank you for that. So, Dr. Carlos Sainz. Finally operating smoothly. <laughs> finally woke up. First race win in 150 entries. Uh, Well-deserved. Yeah. Very much well-deserved. Capitalized on mistakes from others, including his own teammate, including the issues with Red Bull, uh, including his own team. Um, Not much more to say than other than well-deserved. Yeah, absolutely. I like the restart he had after the red flag, that he actually went to. He knew from from the the first start of the race, Max pretty much ran him out. Mm-hmm. Now the restart. Okay, I gotta try to do something to this guy to see if, to you know to stop him from overtaking me right away. So I like that that you know finally this guy's showing a little more aggressiveness yeah, he was that you're gonna need to win races. I don't think his aggressiveness was ever in doubt in my eyes. I don't know. He has to, I don't know. He has to show it then. No, wait, wait, wait. Let me let me explain myself. I don't have, go Italian on me because you know Ferrari. Mm-hmm. You know, Good. Why is it that anything I say <laughs> is tainted by the fact that I'm a Ferrari fan? It is. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I'll get to it. Don't worry about it. When when, when Mercedes starts winning again, <laughs> I'm not going to take your opinions very seriously. Um, I don't think that that his his killer instincts wasn't done. Not that the, not that he has it. I for me, it's like. Because we've seen it before. When Gasly got his first win in Monza, and can't believe we're even pointing back to that to that race twice already. Um, it was Carlos Sainz that was chasing him down for the win in the McLaren. Mm-hmm. And and obviously we saw how close he was, but he just couldn't make it. We saw last week as well, when he was trying to pass Max Verstappen, he just wasn't quick enough, but he definitely had the machinery to do it. Um, I think it it's more of his talent. He wasn't the quickest guy on track here. Uh, the quickest guy on the track, obviously, was uh, was Lewis Hamilton, I believe. Um, if Max Verstappen was in the race, he would have been there. And his teammate, Leclerc, was faster than him as well. Um, I think the quickest guy was yeah, Paris. And I thought it was Paris. Yeah. Oh, oh Paris also is, yeah. Uh, because Paris... Um, so was everybody, 17. everybody was the quickest guy on track, according to Yancey. Well, the top three. Okay. Um, which means that the top three were, were fighting for race wins. Um, not Charlie. We'll get, we'll <laughs> yeah, get, we'll, get we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll get to that. But um, maybe what I'm hoping this does for Carlos Sainz is that now that he got basically the monkey off his back of his race win, uh, 
it'll push him further in order, uh, you know, to to basically get get quicker, and and that taste of a win to get something just kickstart something in where he can be fighting convincingly for a race a race win more often. It's more mental than anything, I believe, with him. Okay, I mean. What I say is this weekend he finally showed he finally put his elbows out. I will say, because yeah, he say you know he has the instinct. Whatever I haven't seen it, but mm-hmm. finally we saw something from him. Even you know, you think so? Yeah, because just by the the action he took towards Verstappen at, at the restart, that's pretty much where to me where he actually showed that he wanted Verstappen to race. Or Paris? Verstappen. Well, he pushed restart. Verstappen out pretty much at the at the first after the red flag after the red flag. To to keep, what? Well, well, you know what? Yeah, he was aggressive, but I think that the listen when he lost out to Verstappen on the first start, mm-hmm. it was because they put the, they put Verstappen on, on the soft. on the soft tires. Yes. yes, so he had better grip. Yes, I think that was that was all it. The second restart, I don't know why Red Bull didn't just leave him on the soft tires. They put the medium tires on Max. Uh, he did get a better start. Both Ferraris got a better start in the second restart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, both Ferraris got a better start than yeah. a lot of people because they just ran off the yeah, line. Yeah, but he he did. He, yeah, he he was he learned from the first restart exactly. that you need to cover off Max. If not, he's gonna just walk all over you. Um, so, Man, what a race! Yeah. Um, so, by the way, this is that is lab that is correct. Two, lab two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that is correct. I gotta I gotta chime in here, and I gotta say that. It's nice that he gets his first win. Maybe like with Gasly, this kind of energizes him into, you know, pushing forward and and driving better. Mm-hmm. But let's let's keep in mind what we saw. He drove off the track, allowing Max Verstappen to pass him. Max ended up having issues, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Thank God he was the benefactor of a terrible decision by Ferrari to not pit Charles Leclerc. Yep. Finally. Finally, finally, Ferrari messed up Charles Leclerc's strategy. First time ever. Uh, then he obviously Max had issues. Perez, Leclerc, and Hamilton kind of were just cannibalizing each other, like right behind them. They were just they were fighting each other so much it just allowed him to. And that's what gave him the win. That that is what gave him the win. And I want to. I almost wanted to say that like earlier we were talking about it. Perez. It's tough to say Perez if he didn't have that fight because you could say that about anybody. I believe that Perez, given the time, would have overtaken Carlos Sainz and it wouldn't have even been an issue because Carlos Sainz, we saw last week, Carlos Sainz was chasing down Max Verstappen. Max didn't make a mistake. Max chasing down Carlos Sainz makes a mistake right away. And it's like... I think after the safety car, Perez was the one with the better with the better pace. Right after, after the safety car, but he was he was in fourth also. No, I'm saying, but after the face out of the out of the top four, yeah, absolutely, he was the one yeah, with the best and, pace and, to and, me, and he was on the right tire. He was on the soft tire. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, so he definitely had the tire. Everybody was Hamilton was too. Hamilton was too, but his didn't work as they well. Turn, it, 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 it's, it just, depe- it's also car dependent too. Yeah, I mean, but the the Paris obviously. Got his restart right when yes. it came to the safety that's, car. That's exactly what However, it However, so did Sainz. Regardless of what they were telling him on the radio. That was crazy too. Man. Yeah, that, yeah, we okay. forgot to mention that. And regardless of what they were telling him on the radio, which was stupid. Which was too. Which was to back the field up so that 
Leclerc so, can win. So that Leclerc can Go can have a gap and have more time to warm up his tires because they decided not to pit him, dumbasses. <laughs> um, he What he did was, one, he fought the team yourself. off and said, no, I can win this. Because obviously, as what you guys pointed out, is that not many people would have the confidence in him to actually bring home the victory because of his previous performances, including his own team. Pressure. Including. As, including his own team and including the fact that, check this out, during the race, one, he's being pushed by Max Verstappen and pushed into a mistake by Max Verstappen because mm-hmm. Verstappen was way faster than him. When his teammate was behind him, talking about Charles Leclerc, mm-hmm. he could not keep up a lap time delta needed in order for Leclerc not to pass him when they were playing literally politics while the cars were yeah. racing. Again, stupid decision by Ferrari. Um, so, but again, and all of this plays into the fact that maybe Carlos Sainz can't really bring it home when we need him to bring it home. However, during that restart, he handled everything perfectly, got off to a good start, made the oh no, what he didn't did he didn't make the over he didn't make an overtake, but he was able to keep everybody behind him and bring home the victory. And he did it correctly. Besides all the team in his ear chirping at him like, yo, you gotta need to slow down. He's like, nah, I don't need to slow down. Did he make an overtake after? Yeah, he, he overtook Leclerc. Leclerc. Yeah, he overtook Leclerc. And Leclerc that was a, by not pitting, he stood in first place. Huh? By Leclerc not pitting, he yeah, he started. For, yeah, he started. Yeah, but the, even though he still had to do it, but so and he did it cleanly, where it doesn't, where it didn't jeopardize Leclerc's Leclerc's uh, Leclerc's race. So I mean, listen, he brought it home, and I hopefully this gives him the confidence to do it, and it gives the team confidence to to well, it gives the team confidence in him to bring it home when he needs to bring it home. He brought it home. Brought home the victory, uh, even though he honestly kinda, it, was, it wasn't a good performance by him. If you take the whole the race as a whole, but it kind of sounded like on the, over the radio he went against what they want. No, he definitely did. Gotcha. And and Bernardo and that's like a crucial thing. Yeah, to do and, a, and a Bernardo Ferrari admitted it too. Who that Bernardo mm-hmm. Matteo Bernardo, team principal for Ferrari, Scuderia Ferrari, uh, F one. Um, I know who Bernardo is. <laughs> the guy with the glasses. Yeah, yeah, got, yeah him. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, nah, um, he he admitted that maybe that was just that was that was dumb to even think about that because you just gotta go. Gotcha. No, why, how? Why are you playing games? He said, "Don't let's not invent things. Like, come no, on, we, just go, we gotta Science go racing. That, yeah. We gotta go racing because the fact is, one, he already knows that Leclerc is on is on slower tires, which take time to heat up. Mm-hmm. He knows that Perez and and Hamilton, especially Hamilton, are chomping at the bit to overtake him. Mm-hmm. If he, if he doesn't get a slipstream from Leclerc, he's a sitting he's duck for yep. for yeah. for for so Hamilton and Perez." So you just gotta go, and you and and and. And at that point, they would have won the race. Yeah, because they're on the same they're on the same kind of tire, but at least he has the benefit of a slipstream with Leclerc, mm-hmm. where he can slingshot past them and at least win the race for them. So, speak of the devil, Charles Leclerc, last five races, retired in Spain, power unit, Mons, uh, Monaco, uh, bad. Team strategy, he was in first in line to win that race, ends up in fourth. Azerbaijan, power unit, retired. Canada, as a result of the power units, starts at the back of the grid, finishes fifth. 
this past weekend at Great Britain. Fourth, as a result of strategy. This poor bastard. Uh-uh. What's going on, Yancy? What's going Congratulations. On? You played yourself. Uh, the Ferrari being Ferrari? Yeah. Is that what you're calling now? Dude, they're <laughs> literally... The guy was one, one or second by the time Spain came around, and they've thrown away any shot at this driver's championship. But wait, wait, wait. I like the the timing from the safety car to when he actually passed the the pit entry was 11 seconds. Really? <laughs> oh, that makes it even worse, dude. <laughs> On a weekend. And they didn't call this guy in, man. Like... On a weekend where really the only driver that is competing with a Red Bull for a championship, either Perez or Max Verstappen, because obviously uh, Verstappen is a championship leader, Perez is second in, in in the championship. On a weekend where the driver that is literally dominating this season, which is Max Verstappen, has car damage, and is at most trying to score, you know, five, six points. Where Leclerc, which is the in the championship lead and has been has been in the lead before this season, um is faster than his teammate, regardless that he had a a broken front wing. Clearly has the pace to win the race. You decide, of course, because they did this in Monaco as well. When it's clear that you have a safety car, everybody else is going to pit for for a faster, for a soft tire to get to the end of the race. Why wouldn't you bring him in when you already know that you were going to bring in Carlos Sainz as well? Because Carlos Sainz would have been in sitting duck. Why? What makes you think, considering, considering that we've seen this all throughout the race, that when anybody put on that hard tire, the not that the tire was bad, but it took three or four laps for them to, to warm up. Mm-hmm. You're literally, it's going to be a sprint to the finish. You need the softer tire to fire up right away and go. The fastest guy on the track at that point was Charles Leclerc. With a front, with a freaking broken front wing, he was faster than most people on that track. Yeah. And you have a chance to cut Max Verstappen's lead in the championship. And you also have a chance to get a one-two for your team when Red Bull is struggling this race. Why don't you take advantage of that? What else do you have to lose? Congratulations. You have to lose. You don't you don't lose anything by even trying it. It does not make any sense. Anytime a strategist from Ferrari is put under pressure, they just make the wrong decision. Fire everybody. Hold people accountable. It's just freaking stupid. You're sweating, Yancy. <sighs> I think that uh, Ferrari should pay for therapy for all their fans. <laughs> I think um, they should have just brought Leclerc and double stack it. Even even if you mess up the double stack, me and Yancy were talking about it before the podcast, they probably would have had a one-three. It's a no-brainer. So can we go backwards? And we don't know shit about F1 compared to these people. Max Verstappen had a puncture 
literally moments before the pit entry, goes into the pit entry, has the second pit box. So he's right there. They were able to complete that pit stop in three seconds. Get the tires out, everything, and complete that pit stop well in three seconds. They had much less time warning than what Ferrari had for Charles Leclerc to be able to pit. I and that looked nice too. I, I just the way he slammed on the brakes before before the before the line. Yeah, smoked I, I, all the tires. So even even less time. He didn't cruise in. He flew in. <laughs> yeah, I I just don't I I don't understand. There should have been a Ferrari one too, and the only reason it wasn't is because of Ferrari. It wasn't because they got out strategized. It wasn't because somebody. No, it was because of them. It should have been a Ferrari one two instead of you get a instead you get a Ferrari one four. So, so the only argument would be the track position and when you, so the safety car came out and there was, everybody pitted on lap 39, except for Lando Norris, who's relevant. The only other relevant driver was Lando Norris who pitted on lap 40. Hamilton had pitted on lap 33. Remember he stayed out to do an overcut and was on hards. If I'm Mercedes and I see Leclerc pit, I take that gamble on the track position. But I think that the Ferraris had the pace to overtake them anyway. And this is not a track where track position is overly important. Right. This is not a Monaco. This right. is not a Singapore. This is this is not a Hungary where you know it's difficult to overtake. This is a track where if you have enough time and you're on a faster tire, you can overtake. So... The fact that you're stating track position, well, dude, no, for, we've been racing here I'm, since I'm 1950. If I'm Mercedes, I try and play because I'm a long shot to win. Track position yeah. would actually try and help me no, in that yeah. gamble. Well, yeah, but that depends on the position that you're in. But you're right. You're right. Thank you. <laughs> so speaking of Mercedes... The upgrades, at least on Hamilton's car, look good. So I, I don't Very know if good. he I don't so okay, so we need to qualify. This is the his home Grand Prix. He seems to just develop superpowers here. It's like ridiculous how good he is on this track compared to being ridiculous on other tracks. He's slightly more ridiculous. But Hamilton looked great. He was fighting for a win for a, quite a bit of time there. Do we eventually get a race win from Mercedes? Do they keep the streak alive? This year they will. Yeah. If the upgrades keep going the way the way show this weekend, so. where do they win? Ooh. I can't. I cannot imagine them winning next week in Austria. <laughs> I don't think that that's going to happen. They've historically had issues there, yeah. and both Ferrari and Red Bull are going to kill that track. Rebel especially. No, I think Ferrari especially. Yeah? Yeah. They're going to win at a... At a they're going to win at a track much like Austria. Fast fast corners. They, that's, that's their forte. Austria is bad for them because the cooling issues there. It's hot. And they don't have the side pods open up. Yeah. So, I mean, I and that, that'll kill them. But... If they are going to win this season, it'll be at a track something like that, where you have slow corners, you can't over... I mean, you have medium to high speed corners, you can't overtake. Um, like a spa. Something like that. Perfect. It's not going to be at one of these um, 
like uh it's not gonna be like at a Hungary, it's not gonna be at a Singapore. Monza? <laughs> Monza that's, no. that's a potential for them to I mean it dep- no, yeah. I, I, the thing is that they still have too much drag. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but they're, they're not bouncing that much in the straights anymore. They're only bouncing in the turns, at least this weekend. Yeah, I, I mean, think it would have been nice to see what George Russell does. Yes. I think that would have been a more clear identifier or indicator of what they can can do. Based on the strength of Lewis Hamilton, I think they will win a race this season. But I was watching before coming here, so obviously today's Tuesday. But the race happened on Sunday, so I'm driving here and watching. Thank, thank you for that, by the way. <laughs> I'm watching. <laughs> I'm watching. Uh, since I pay for the F1 TV app, I'm watching the racing thirty. Mm-hmm. And when it got to the point where Lewis Hamilton went to third place, brother, obviously when we're watching the race live, you don't hear this, but maybe there they enhanced the sound, but the crowd just went wild. Like the place just, I would say, wow. So maybe that's the extra energy that he he gets. Mm-hmm. He goes super sane. So I don't know. I think I think that there's a lot of potential for them. They're down about forty three points, forty one points from Ferrari in the mm-hmm. constructors' championship. So I, I don't think they'll catch them, but I think there's a lot of potential there. We've, I think they will. Uh, I think we said it before earlier in the season. If you let Mercedes hang around, which Red Bull and Especially Ferrari have let Mercedes hang around. There are there is potential for them to be overtaken by Mercedes, and they have two very capable drivers. That I mean, obviously Russell hasn't won a race, but we know that he can win races because he's that quick. And the other driver is a seven-time world champion, who is slowly but surely getting on his form. Uh, we're we're in summer. This is where Lewis Hamilton traditionally starts becoming the Lewis Hamilton, Hammer Time Hamilton that he is. And if he has a halfway decent car, it doesn't even have to be a good car, a halfway decent car under him where he gets comfortable, watch out. The return of the empire. So imagine them coming out of uh, the summer break. How... Strong they're going to be. Mm-hmm. They ain't staying down for long. No. So, Mick Schumacher, first points in F1. Congratulations. Way to go. Young Nicholas Schumacher, uh, eighth place. What's his name? No. I just made that. <laughs> Nicholas. <laughs> I'm like, what? does his name? <laughs> Nicholas Shatifi. <laughs> I'm like, where uh, are you going with this? <laughs> eighth place, good for four points. Congratulations, Mick Schumacher. Nobody prouder than Sebastian Vettel watching from four seconds behind him making attempts at Max Verstappen to try and get into seventh place. That was a good battle. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you can tell that he learned from his previous mistake in Miami. Yeah. Where he didn't crash into. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he brought it home. He brought it home. Yeah. Because in Miami, he was battling for, he was battling with Seb, uh, trying to get that extra point. Uh, and he crashed into Seb. Uh, it sees that. Uh, what we've always, what we, what we, we seen in, in Mick Schumacher, where he's, he, he, you know, it takes time for him to learn, but once he gets it, uh, he goes. And uh, considering the scrutiny that he was in earlier in the season, where he was literally breaking cars in half, um, 
good for him. Uh, much like Carlos Sainz with his race win, he got the monkey off his back. He got his first points. And I'm hoping that he keeps his form up because it's still cool to have a Schumacher on the grid. Yeah. It was very nice to see him getting points. I, I, even um, watching Ted's notebook, whatever. Mm-hmm. even that was cool. Because he normally works the pits after everybody, when everybody's picking up and he saw the celebration in the house. Yeah. And I think part of his family was there and they were putting, wow. you know, popping champagne and all that stuff. Well, good for, good for him, man. What a, what a story. He deserves it. It's been a long time coming this season. He's had a lot of bad luck. So, of course, Haas looked like freaking legends. Double point finish. Five wow. points to Aston Martin's two points, which catapults them, catapults them <laughs> into eighth place. Five points is it? Yeah, five points. Yeah, they're still flying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Haas is uh, in eighth place with 20, and Aston Martin's in ninth place with 18. Congratulations to Gunther Steiner, who looks like a legend. Alpha Tori's ahead of him with 27 points, and... Well, it looks like uh, Haas finally lived up to the potential that we think that we see in that car, and mind you, they haven't made up they haven't made that many upgrades to that car either. So I don't think they made any. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, they it, it's a quick car. They just gotta have they gotta bring it home, and I think it's it's up to the team to make sure it's a it's a team effort, obviously, especially when you're fighting that low that low on in the championship battle. Um, in order for you to get points, both drivers have to be on point, but also uh, your mechanics have to be on point. Your pit crew has to be on point. Um, strategists have to be on point. It has to be a full team effort, and it looks like it came well together for them. They just got to keep doing this more consistently, which, as we all know, is the hardest part. The hardest thing to do in any sport is be consistent. And But if you're consistent, you will ultimately be successful. Press okay, Mac, too, man. Yeah. Kegman came late to testing, got on that car, and he's got all those points for them. Yeah, he's he's driving pretty good this season. But again, it doesn't matter how good you're driving. When you're fighting that low in the championship, everything has to click. Of course. Even when you're at the top, everything has to click. Even mm-hmm. if they don't call you in to change the tires on time. Mm-hmm. Even that could, could hurt you with the points. Ouch. <sighs> so the last thing I wanted to mention in regards to this race weekend, <sighs> the absolute stupidity of right as the first lap got underway there were some protesters that charged the fence got onto the track were seated i forget what turn they were at but they were seated on the track i think they super glued themselves super glued their hands to the track and very lucky for them and for f1 and for all of us viewers in general that there was a red flag and that the cars passed very, very slowly past them. Yeah. So that was super stupid. Wasn't it? 1977 Tom Price South African Grand Prix. Look up that. I'm not going to put the link in the description, but look up that YouTube video. 1977 Tom Price. You see what happens when somebody is hit by a an F1 car going at a rapid speed. It literally Turn the man inside out. So disintegrates you, and that's not an exaggeration. And the, the and that was a much smaller car than what we mm-hmm. have today. Much smaller and slower. Yep. Stupid. I don't even know what they were protesting. It doesn't matter. I don't even want to call attention to it. But it was just absolutely the dumbest thing to do. Oh. 
oh, we live in a crazy world. That is dumb. That is so dumb. And even if, even if, uh, you're just not going to get your message out, man. It just doesn't make any sense. You're going to be dead. Yeah, you're going to be dead and you're not going to get a message out because obviously they're not going to televise it. Um, the only way they, they might, they might even mention what your cause was is if you're literally disintegrated. I don't think that's the way to get your message out. Find another way. Do not stand on an F1 track. During a race. During a race while these cars are Because we've stood on an F1 track. 180 miles an hour, bro. Um, Anything else about this race, boys, before we move on to Austria preview? We need more races like this. Yeah. The destruction derby at the start where it wiped out like six cars. I also also read somewhere that this was the first week and that... What's the kid's name from from Alfa Romeo? The head the action. I just don't want to Joe Guanyu. Joe Guanyu. His family was there to watch some races. Oh wow! His mom was there. His dad, his brother, sister. It was crazy. So to be at that race and he has a freak accident like that. Uh, Danny Rick had another bad, really bad. Oh man, I was. That reminds me. I wanted to put up a meme. Uh, Poor Danny Rick, man. Yeah, he, he cannot find him. Six cars eliminated, and he's nowhere. What are you doing, dude? No, it, it, it's a combination of you know bad luck and just out of pace. He, but I, I think out of pace is because he just couldn't. And this has been an ongoing thing this entire season, where he just can't get to grips with the tire compounds, where he feels that he's sliding. But other, but obviously, other drivers are doing it. And if you're considered um, a top driver in F1, you should be able to figure it out by now. Um, and then there's other things that happened during the race that that drove him back. But either way, considering uh, the chaos that ensued, obviously, this entire race with the safety car and everything else, uh, and your teammate was in what fifth place, um, sixth sixth place. You should be doing better than that, man. Okay. I don't know. My, uh, he got to wake up. He couldn't even. So th- there was. He's a proving joke. Hector. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a joke out there that. Uh, so Sebastian Vettel drove Nigel Mansell's championship win. That he owns, by the way. That he owns. That's his car. Old Williams car. And that that, that was. 92? I don't know. Well, you guys keep asking me questions. I don't have answers. I don't know. Uh, it was the fastest thing that Sebastian Vettel drove this weekend. And <laughs> Ricardo, <laughs> Ricardo couldn't even beat that. Wow. All right. So, Austrian Grand Prix. Trivia. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 no. no. <laughs> don't go with it. <laughs> okay. Uh so trivia, this you know, this track has been around for a while. So. It was ninety two, Ruben. Ninety two, the ninety two car. I had it. I had the number somewhere in my brain. Okay. <laughs> ninety two. Junior high. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> so trivia. <laughs> okay, so I have a couple of questions. Oh, I have three questions on it, but let's go at it. Uh, so there was a quote that was said by a driver. It was not bad for an old man. Can you tell me the driver to say this in 2015 after crossing the line while driving for Williams, just to make it a little easier? Uh, Ravel Fel- Kubica? Felipe Massa. He was got it right. He got third place. Uh, name the current... No, no, I'm sorry. 
Name the F1 champion that is current on the grid to hold the record for the most wins at the Ocean Grand Prix. Or, or you know. Current F1 champion? Oh. Uh, Max Not current. No, it's, it's Sebastian Vettel. He has he had it right. Yeah. 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 It's Max Verstappen. It's Max. Yeah. Wow. Four. Yeah. Wow. Dude always wins it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it feels like it. Yeah. So now I have another one that probably um, it's, it's semi easy to, but it's tough to say. So, uh, in 2002, in the Ocean Grand Prix, Ruben Barrichello slowed down on the final lap. To allow pretty much Schumacher to win, with almost they pass, pretty much like almost at the same time, but Schumacher won. Mm-hmm. Can you name the other driver that shared the podium with them? Two thousand two. Two thousand two. Mika Hakkinen. Two thousand two. Fernando Alonso. No. Yeah, who's Juan Pablo Montoya. Oh wow! Okay, that was a big controversy. Yes, yeah, talk about legends, yeah. huh? All three of those. <laughs> Rubens Barrichello should have won that race. Yeah, well, yeah. Remember, yeah. no, he that also caused for F one to change the, the podium procedures as well. Oh yeah, meaning because remember when they were in the podium, Schumacher I guess got fed up so much, you know, the energy that the crowd was giving out that he would he forced Rubens Barrichello to go into number one so spot. Number one spot, yeah. And you're not allowed to do that anymore. I don't, mm-hmm. even if you don't, I guess, see fit or whatever. That's what I got for trivia. All right. Uh, predictions. So I'm going to go with Charles Leclerc on pole for qualifying. <laughs> 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 he's got to make it up now. He's, he's down one. Oh, man. I'm in bad shape. I'm down bad on this on this wager. Nah. There's still, still a lot of ways to go. There's still a long way to go. 16, though. Yeah, I think that uh, Charles Leclerc is going to get this. I think that the Ferrari is going to be very strong this race. But uh, so I'll just round it out with Max second and Sergio Perez third. Qualifying? Qualifying. And I think that Max is going to win the race. Charles Leclerc second. Carlos Sainz third. Who's going to win the race? Max. Okay. So qualifying... It will be Max, I think, to to take it on qualifying, followed by a close charge to clerk. And uh, I would go with uh, Paris. I wasn't going to say sign, but Paris will get third place in, the, in qualifying. Winning the race, it will be Max Verstappen. Uh, second place will be charge to clerk. It will say the same. Third place with you know Sergio Paris. I was I was even. Throw like a gonna throw like a little bone and say Russell, but nah. they're far from that. Mm. Third place, and this is qualifying. Third place, Paris. Second place, Max. First place, Leclerc. Uh, winning the race, I say a Red Bull one-two with Charles Leclerc there. Red Bull's way too quick on this track, and Max loves this track. But. Leclerc also does very well on this track. I remember back, uh, yeah. I remember when the little battle that he had with Max when they pushed mm-hmm. each other off the track, mm-hmm. but still was clean without can- contact. Mm-hmm. And was it clean? Huh? Was no, clean? I say clean because they were not they were not making contact and they were not. No, they made contact. Well, they they, they not not to the level of pushed them off the track. <laughs> but they pushed each other out. I think Alpine is going to look good this race. 
Yeah, they're good They've at these types of They've been so good over the last couple of races. And they're behind. Like, they're, they're just pushing. They're, they're just edging it, and edging and edging and edging even more. Because look at this weekend also with Alonso joining yeah. the battle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. Do. Norris and Alonso was, like, sneaking in. <laughs> their engine is very good at tracks like this. I think that their weakness is their arrow. Their aerodynamics. Mm-hmm. Their engine is actually They brought a cool. big upgrade this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And I bet you Esteban Ocon, obviously he retired, but he would have been up there had, had he not retired. Yeah. Um, how do you think Mercedes does? I mean, best of the rest, but like that's not really no. You know what? I think the Alpines, be, uh, the Alpines beat them. To be honest, wow. with you. This, this coming weekend. Yeah. Ooh. I I, I see it. I see it. Well, I it's just not. It, it's historically just that has not been their track. And also, Ocon is so hard to pass. I think I mentioned it before. Ocon has shown that he's. Yeah, but fights like a lion. <laughs> 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 the one time he was yep, yep. <laughs> fight like a lion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, wasn't that the strike that he got a podium? Ocon? The couple, you know, Russia? I'm not sure. No. No, it was uh, Russia. Check on your iPhone. It's just something that came into my mind. No, I say it's this this one because it was Alonso holding back everybody. No. All right. The battle guys, got disqualified. Anything else for uh, Austria or this past race, Great Britain? It's race week again. Yes, sir. Can't wait for Sunday. We're going to see a lot of orange this weekend. Yes, sir. Woo! All right. So, guys, make sure to follow us Instagram and Twitter at Jump to Start F1. Leave a review. It uh, helps us become more visible to podcast traffic. Traffic. Leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. And we will see you guys next week. It's race week. Enjoy the Austrian Grand Prix. Peace. Peace.